This is Dr. Barry Taff, and you're listening to the Paranormal Journal. presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The host purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only answer to paranormal phenomena. We have not yet begun to touch the surface into these supernatural occurrences. With that being said, welcome to the Paranormal Journal. Hey, what's going on out there, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Season 2 of the Paranormal Journal Podcast. I want to thank everybody who's been downloading listening, liking, loving, sharing, and talking about the Paranormal Journal podcast. I appreciate it. Um, I love talking about this stuff. It's what I do. Uh, I wish I could do it for a living, but uh, I love talking about the paranormal things that have happened to me in investigations and and throughout my life. Uh, I think it's an interesting thing, and people really should know and get educated about what's going on and uh, if i can help people in any way uh, educating them a little bit you know about what's going on with paranormal phenomena i will it's not like the movies folks that's for sure um a lot of times you know you're just sitting in the dark and waiting for something to happen it's kind of like fishing you know you throw the bait out waiting for the fish to come along and eat the uh, bait and uh, that's basically what we're doing we're sitting in a home in the dark most of the time, uh, talking to ourselves, asking questions in the dark to ourselves. And uh, sometimes you get a response and sometimes you don't. Uh, that's the weird thing about paranormal investigating is, you know, when you have an experience uh, or, or hear a disembodied voice or a door opens or these weird knocks or cold spots or static energy that happens, Sometimes a foul smell. I've only have had that happen once, which I'm going to talk into a bunch of things tonight about some of my own personal experiences in the last uh, 20 plus years of paranormal investigating. And it, I tell you, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting 20 organized investigating about 23 years. Um, it has been interesting. I, I want to tell you folks, it's really been interesting. But uh, we do have some uh, pretty cool stuff coming up for us uh, this month in March. March 15th is our uh, 
debut on the uh, American Paranormal Magazine. We are going to be the cover story on American Paranormal Magazine, which is very, very cool. We were nominated to be on that magazine. You can check it out online. You can go to AmericanParanormalMagazine.com and you can check out the article whenever it's free. Uh, for the first 15 days, and then you can purchase a, a copy of the magazine, which I'm going to purchase a couple copies of the magazine as well and help support their uh, their magazine uh, publications and stuff like that. So it, it's a really cool thing, and um, we were honored to be a part of it and be one of the magazine. It's nice to get some recognition in the uh, paranormal field that uh, we are doing good and we are helping people and our clients, like I said, our clients do love us. We are there for them. And especially if, if children are involved, they're always a high priority for us is to be, you know, very active in that case and make sure that no one gets hurt. Children are safe. And um, it makes me happy to see that we are making a difference uh, in the paranormal community, which is very cool, which is very, very cool. And uh, like I said, we are a part of the TAPS family. And there are TAPS family members all across the United States and all over the world. Uh, so if you need help, definitely reach out to the TAPS family. Go to their website. There's a TAPS family in every community around the United States, around the world. Go to the region that you need them. Click on and there's there'll be a paranormal group from the uh, TAPS family. And uh, all of uh, the TAPS family members are uh, background checked as well. So... You don't have to worry about somebody coming into your home that may have a criminal background because all TAPS family members are criminally background checked. And that is the stipulations to be a TAPS family member. You have to have a background check. All your members must be cleared of no criminal activity whatsoever. And uh, I'm proud to be a part of that because I think that is necessary when it comes to dealing with clients um, and families and children. I mean, you got to have good members and uh we have very good members and i'm proud of the guys that we have now and girls erica uh is our new member she's a female and it's uh don's uh daughter i've known her since she's a little kid and now she's all grown up and she's a part of the team that's how long we've been around she was a little girl when we first started together and uh now she's an, uh, a mommy and has a kid and uh it's it's really uh really weird it's like getting old man like She's grown up and has a kid. I remember when she was young with my daughter and we would go to haunted places just for fun and uh, do like a haunted house kind of thing. And now she's grown up and has a kid and my daughter's grown up. It's it's just weird. I'm like, damn, dude, we're getting old, bro. <laughs> I told Tana, I said, we're getting old, man. Our kids are all grown up. Your kid has a kid. Mine, who knows when she's going to have one, but I'm sure she'll have one. And um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of things. We're going to be doing some Paracons. Uh, we're going to be doing the one in uh, Penhurst in May. I'm not going to be there, unfortunately, but a couple of our members will be there representing HAPS. And uh, we have some of our merchandise that will be for sale. Uh, Anna Manila will be there talking about her book, uh, The Unholy Structure, which is one of our case files. And... Um, it's an awesome book. You should check it out. It went number one on Amazon. It's been up at the top seller for quite some time now. And I got really great reviews, which is awesome because uh, we were a part of it. 
and uh, it's about one of our cases so it's uh in very interesting um that it went number one like that i was surprised um but in uh, the same token i'm proud of it and um all the things that happened in there are true uh, things that happened to us that i talked to anna anna about and she referenced in the book are true and they happen um which is really cool when you read a book and you do the real events and it's not a movie and um, you know, names and stuff had to be changed in the book for uh, confidentiality. But most of the, mostly, uh, I think my name's, my name is in the book. I'm, I'm not, not, I think I know my name's in the book, uh, but most of the other people in, in the book are, uh, their names have been changed, but um, I gave her full permission to put my name in the book. Uh, I tell you, it, it's been an adventure with this paranormal stuff and you know it gets just keeps getting better and better and the more you keep digging into it and putting your all into it things work out for you and uh you meet a lot of cool people you meet a lot of people that ain't so cool but you know that's just how it goes that's life and um i don't hate anybody i just keep doing my thing uh, i'm not gonna talk smack about anybody in the paranormal field it is what it is you do your thing i do my thing and uh it is what it is i mean there's some things that i don't like that people do but it's not me so i don't really care good luck with you know you want to do stupid things and do them but uh one thing i won't do is i won't do anything like that in a, in a case um just you know, not gonna happen i'm not gonna use stupid equipment that doesn't work and things like that i want to give real evidence to people not uh something over an app or uh you know I, I, some of these equipments that's used out here that people are using is just ridiculous. Um, I'm really not going to touch into it because I want to talk about ghost things. And but um, yeah, I mean, some people are just totally irresponsible with this stuff, and it's 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 getting more and more. You know, I guess I guess the ghost shows have really uh, uh, put a, a bug in people's head that this is how it's supposed to be, and it's really not how it's supposed to be. Um, you know, when you go into an investigation. You have to tread lightly what's going on because there are families involved. I'm going to take a drink of this coffee. It's morning time where I'm at. Ah, man, that's good coffee. Um, daylight savings time, so hour forward. So we're going to have more daylight, which is awesome. We'll get dark at 530 in the, in the evening now, so more daylight. More and more fun we get to have during the day. So, But uh, yeah, back to uh, just dealing with people in general and in, in, in investigations is, is very important and, and you have to tread lightly with it you can't just go into a case and be provoking and doing stupid things that could ultimately uh hurt the people that are living in the home and, and increase activity um i know as investigators you want to gain a response to something that's going on in the house but you know you in, in the same token like i said you have to tread very very lightly especially if there's children involved you definitely don't want to see a child uh, hurt behind some kind of phenomena that maybe you invoked or, you know, provoked. So uh, just be careful out there. If you're out there, you're just getting into paranormal things. Just be careful what you're doing. Uh, definitely be mind-wise that uh, these things can follow you home. Um, there's... People do say there is protection to these things that they, you know, you can do certain things to protect yourself so these things don't follow you home. But I don't seem to think so. But 
other people might say so. Um, you know, this phenomenon we're dealing with is totally unexplainable and uh, unpredictable. So to say we can have a remedy for something that we really can't explain, um, I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me to say that I can get rid of something or I can use something to get rid of ghosts or this, this phenomena because we really don't, we really don't understand it fully at all. I mean, like I said, this thing, this stuff is totally unpredictable and when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. You never know. You know, you really don't know if something follows you home, you can't see this stuff. You can't see these things, but uh, could it get in the car with you and follow you home? It's possible. I've had some really, really weird-ass things happen in my own home since I've been doing this. Uh, it's not all the time, but it is. Um, it's It has happened, and it does happen from time to time. Uh, sometimes it'll freak you out a little bit. You'll be sitting there in here, like, knocking on the door. You get open the door. Nobody's there. Knocking on my bedroom door, knocking on the walls. Um, I even heard disembodied voices in my home. Uh, at certain points in time, I've heard a couple voices, and... Um, Tried to play it off to my wife. Then it was a computer, and we had heard a male voice one time. She was, what was that? And I'm like, ah, it was just a computer. But I told her I left the computer on, but the computer wasn't on. Uh, it was a disembodied voice in our family room, and I'm just like looking around. I'm like, oh, shit, that was a disembodied voice. And I never thought that these things could follow you home, but they do. Uh, in one instance... Um, I had done something to the speed on my recorder and I was trying to fix the recorder. And so I was just asking like standard questions I would ask, excuse me, in a uh, paranormal investigation. So I asked, you know, is there anybody here that would like to communicate? That's exactly how I asked the question. I said, is there anybody here that would like to communicate? And I was checking the speed and the speed was all good, but I heard something in the recording and I didn't hear at the time when I said that. So when I get to the part where I said, is there anybody here that would like to communicate? You hear, when I get to the part where it says, is there anybody here? You hear a voice go, yes, over the, over my voice in a sentence. And, uh, it freaked me the hell out. I was sitting in my, my family room and I'm like, did I just hear that? That sounds like a voice. And I, I cranked the recorder back. Sure enough, it's a, it's a male voice saying yes. And uh, I was freaked out. I'm like, oh, man, something done followed me home. So at that point, I'm like, well, I'm not going to keep addressing whatever this is because now I'm giving it attention. So I stopped kind of doing what I was doing, asking questions, and I just went about my daily business and, and, and I never got bothered again by it. But I do hear things from time to time, but it's very small things. Um, and, and these things, like I said, they can follow you home. It is a danger of what we do paranormal-wise. Um, you really have to be careful. There are these things that we can't explain. And uh, I'm going to get into that tonight about some of the things that I've had happen to me in investigations. And one recently uh, two weeks ago, we did a case in Mechanicsburg, uh, Pennsylvania. Very, very cool case. Um, it was alarming because there was children involved, three children. And 
the the smaller children were um experiencing uh paranormal events in their bedrooms they were seeing uh figures uh of 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 a man i from what she explained there was a man this girl was eight years old um she was seeing the uh face of a man beside her bed with um no eyes the eyes were dark the mouth was like kind of gaped open kind of like the scream she said the face was white kind of it looked like a dead person basically what she said uh but she could tell it was a man and it would be beside her bed and it would freak her out and then she would see it going down the hallway and it was just a, a multitude of things that was very alarming for a, a small eight-year-old girl to see and a three-year-old to see uh, in the room, in their bedrooms while they're sleeping at night. So, you know, we came in and we started investigating and uh, I did a, I did a podcast on this episode already, but I'm going to elaborate on something that happened to me in the bedroom just as a personal experience. And I did capture it on audio as well. Uh, I'm in the daughter's, the eight-year-old daughter's bedroom and uh, me Bill and Tom are in there. And meanwhile, you know, we are hearing these, we did hear some growling noises throughout the night, which was uh, really strange. Um, I heard it twice and Bill had heard it a separate time. And Tom heard it a separate time when they were by themselves. And um, so when we're in, I'm in the room and I'm standing where she said she's seen this figure. I'm standing in the exact spot. And I'm asking some questions, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? And uh, Bill was talking about the balloons were moving or something. There were some balloons and we had, had turned the heat off because the heat was making a lot of noise. And um, all of a sudden I hear this static in the uh, recorder and I'm, I'm plugged in live. Um, they call it live EVP. I call it plugging in. Uh, I did live EVP way before it was called live EVP. I, I mean, probably been plugging in for 20 plus years. Um, but uh, I hear what sounds like static. And then I hear a voice in the static and all of a sudden I feel the staticky, uh, charge on my left arm and all the hair on my left arm is standing straight up. And my right arm is nothing. I said, look at this, guys. Look, 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 look. And I shine the light on my left arm. I said, now, I just heard static in the recorder. And I heard a voice through the static. And now all the hair standing up on my left arm. It was a totally weird event that I never, ever had happened before. I've never had that happen before. And I've been touched by things and poked by things. and uh, But I never, ever had that kind of feeling. And it reminded me of a, a time that, uh, my good buddy Don and uh, co-founder of Haps. We were in a case when we first started. We actually it was actually in, for the episode of the uh, Haunted. We were on the Haunted on Animal Planet, and um, we were filming in the house, just documenting things that were going on. And we had the dog. The dog was in the house, and the homeowner, and uh, one one other investigator, uh, Amy, and. Um, we started to experience this phenomena in the bedroom. Uh, we were all in the room. The dog was in the room with us. And uh, all of a sudden, the dog started looking toward Don and growling and, and barking. Now, meanwhile, the dog is 
we're not new to the dog. We had been investigating for over a year, and the dog knew us. The dog loved us. The dog had actually been to my house a few times uh, as the uh, homeowner went to uh, went on vacation, and I kept the dog at my house. So the dog loved us and never growled at us, never barked at us. It was a really friendly dog. Uh, he was a boxer, and uh, his name was Leroy. So we're in the room. All of a sudden, the, the dog is growling and looking at Don and growling. And then he starts to bark, and he gets very, very uneasy, and he's looking at us, and he's looking at Don, and he's growling, and he's barking, and he backs out of the room and goes into the hallway, and he doesn't want to come back into the hallway, but Don's like, dude, there's something standing beside me i don't know what it is but there's something beside me and he's like all of a sudden he's like whoa my god and i'm like what's wrong he's like man there's some kind of static charge went right through me man he goes i don't know what the hell that was and it kind of went around the room like a horseshoe shape to each each person in the room every one of us started being affected by whatever the static was and i remember the girls were uh like, oh, my God, we feel it on our legs. But when it got to me, it felt like uh, a spider web kind of casted on my head. Because uh, I have a bald head, so it kind of felt like a spider web was uh, casted on my head. And I'm like, whoa. And it was cold. It was really weird. It was a totally weird-ass feeling. And uh, the dog backed out. He wouldn't come in the room. We finally coached him back into the room. And uh, he came in the room, but he was very, very uneasy after that. Um, and whatever was in the house was definitely affecting the animal as well, which animals are a big, big alert system to paranormal phenomena. If you have a cat or a dog and uh, they start looking off into something that's not there and barking and hissing and growling and stuff, you might have something paranormal going on because a dog can real a dog or a cat can really sense this phenomena. I don't know how they do it. I guess because their senses are a lot more heightened than ours, but uh, they definitely pick up on the phenomena. It's uh, it's crazy. I've seen it happen uh, more than once with dogs. Um, I wish I had a dog that could be trained to pick up paranormal phenomena, but how would, how do you train a dog for paranormal phenomena? Let's you really live in a haunted house and you could train it somehow, but I, it's, they do, they do pick up on these animals do pick up on phenomena. It's, it's insane. Um, how they do it. I don't know, but they do it. And uh, that was just like reminding me of that case. And I'm like, I'm almost right. There's some kind of staticky electrical, electrical charge with, some of the phenomena that happens and it's not only electrical it's emf as well uh well emf is electric magnetic fields it's it's electrical too but um emf sometimes you you get say you have a uh, like in a couple cases we've done i had an emf detector now we did emf detector and I had a k2 we had them both and they were both picking up stuff at certain locations and then at one location, there was nothing. There was no EMF. There was no, you know, we weren't getting anything on K2, which is EMF detector as well. K2 is your EMF detector as well. They pick up electric magnetic fields, but we weren't getting anything. And um, all of a sudden, our K2 had spiked up, and we got a huge EMF reading as well. And right after that, we heard a disembodied voice. Uh, 
and that was like one of the first cases we had Tom on, and uh, he was a new member. Which Tom is our case manager now. Uh, Tom Muller, he's our case manager, and uh, he was like, "Whoa, that was a voice!" I was like, "Yeah, that was a disembodied voice," and he's like, "That was crazy, man. It was totally crazy." I said, "Yeah, but did you notice we got a huge spike in EMF at that time?" I was like, "Nobody has their phone on them, do they?" Because uh, cell phones will affect your EMF devices. Uh, if you get a text or say you have your phone in your pocket and it'll transmit out a long way and affect your uh, your stuff. Even two-way walkie-talkies and stuff like that. If you're using them in a case and you're in a basement and you, you hit a, you know someone up on another floor, it'll make your REM pods go off. It'll make your uh, EMF detectors go off. So you really got to be careful using this kind of stuff in investigations. I try to tell all my people to leave your phone, you know, in your car or, you know, go out and check it later, you know, because all these things will affect these devices. And uh, some people will think it's paranormal when it's really not. Um, you really have to be careful when you got cell phones and stuff like that. Two-way radios, all that stuff will affect uh, paranormal equipment, especially EMF detectors and, and K2 meters and things like that, REM pods. All this stuff will be affected by um, these signals. And uh, you got, like I said, you got to be careful. You don't want to claim something that you can't prove. So um, if you're doing that kind of stuff, you might want to stop doing it because it's 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 a false positive, basically. So in a lot of our cases that I've done over the years, there's been some really, really creepy ass things that have happened that I've heard. Then uh, I'm guilty of doing some really dumb things uh, early in my years of paranormal investigating because I didn't know any better, like provoking. Um, I never really provoked in a house with children, but I have provoked in a house where people moved out. And uh, I got some really, really strange-ass responses and uh, activity behind provoking. I definitely pissed off whatever was in the house. And it responded uh, audibly. And it was creepy as shit. <laughs> I'm provoking and I'm cussing at it and trying to elicit a response. And, and all of a sudden, you know, this freaking weird-ass moan kind of like this emanates through the wall it's like ooh, it freaked me the hell out i was like holy shit what did i just do why did i do that and uh, i looked over at amy and i'm like did you hear that she's like yeah that was weird i'm like damn right it was weird i said i definitely pissed it off that's for sure and from that point on we started to have a lot of phenomena in the home and that was like one of our first cases as a real team that we conducted that I was totally blown away and never expected to have that kind of activity happen. And we did, which was really, really pumped me up to investigate even more. But the phenomena we had was crazy. I mean, drawers were opening up and this thing was really, really intelligent. It would open drawers and we would have cameras in certain places. And we didn't have a whole lot of equipment when we first started. I had maybe like four cameras that I bought off of eBay and they were really shitty cameras back then. I mean, camera systems really sucked back then. The, the uh, definition that, you know, there, there was no high definition. It was just shitty 720 uh, camera systems. They were junk, but we, we had, we had four cameras and uh, this house we went to didn't even have power. We had to run a generator to even get power to the cameras. So we were limited in power and limited in equipment. We didn't really know 
what the hell we were doing at first. We were just doing it. Uh, you know, like I said, we, we spent a lot of time on the Gettysburg battlefield, me and Don. You know, we just wanted to get our group out there. We just wanted to get something together. We got tired of basically investigating the battlefield, and we, we started a group, and that was our first case as a real team. It was amazing the some of the stuff we had happened. I couldn't explain it. We were hearing these weird snapping noises and, like, someone snapping their finger in your ear. This digital sound and stuff that was in the house, and there was no power, and it was these bangings in the attic. Like, there was someone in the attic, and there was nothing in the attic. The attic was empty. It had uh, a few paint cans in it and a big roll of carpet, but there was pounding going on in the attic, and... um we had a bunch of responses that we did catch on audio, but whatever was in the house was highly intelligent. I mean, it was definitely nothing that was kind of like a residual kind of haunting. It knew where our cameras were, and it would do things out of range of the cameras where you couldn't see it. So we had had a camera in the, in the living room where they experienced some things, and in the back room where they experienced some things. And we started hearing things in the kitchen. It sounded like uh, it sounded like drawers were opening and closing because we had audio ran from the house to to my work van. And you could hear things in the kitchen, like drawers opening and closing, boom, cabinets opening, boom, shutting. And I'm like, that's stuff going on in in the kitchen. So we moved the cameras. We moved the camera system to in the kitchen to see if we could capture these drawers opening and the cabinets opening. You could hear them in the audio, but we couldn't see them, but we had moved the cameras. And uh, as soon as we moved the cameras, there was something happened <laughs> where the cameras weren't. I'm like, damn, this thing is really smart. So we had a camera in the attic. And at one point in the, in the attic, the camera, I had took a screw gun and I screwed the camera to one of the joists in the attic, the wood joists. And it was really, really tight. Like it took a lot to move the camera. And we're in the van and we're watching the camera system just you know, we had been in for an hour and we would come out for an hour, let the house kind of cool down and settle and see if things would happen while we weren't in the home. And sure enough, we're about 20 minutes of sitting in the van and me and Don are watching the cameras and the attic camera pans down like something. You can see the camera start to shake and all of a sudden it, it, it pans down real fast. And I'm like, what the hell? And then it pans back up to the original spot. And I'm like, dude, how the hell did that happen? And uh, he's looking at me, I said, that camera's tight. He goes, yeah, I know it's tight. I was like, there's no way something pulled on that camera down and then put it back in the same position. I'm like, it was just me and him there. There was no other investigators. Me and him, there was no one in the home. Um, it was interesting. And when something like that happens, it kind of puts you in a state of mind like, okay, uh, this is no longer uh, claims of paranormal activity. There is paranormal activity going on. It kind of puts you on edge of there's definitely something in the home that I can't see. The people moved out of the home. The house was completely vacant. Uh, there was nothing. In it. There was no furniture, nothing. There was no power, no water. Everything was shut off. They had moved out, just totally walked away from the home. Uh, and they had just bought the home. It was They only lived in it a couple of months. And they started experiencing all this paranormal phenomenon. And they moved out. And uh, what happened was the um, the wife was assaulted by... An unseen force as she got out of the shower, she was actually naked and something smacked her on her, her rear end on her ass, you know, and uh, it freaked her out, man. She kind of, you know, how women kind of put their hair in a towel. She kind of bent over, put her hair in a towel. As she was bent over, something smacked her. 
and uh, it was in this far bedroom was where their bedroom was. So I was kind of focused on that room uh, uh, throughout the investigation. And that's where we're hearing these snapping noises, like someone snapping their fingers. And uh, at one time, me and Dom were in there. And uh, I'm kind of provoking it. I'm like, come on, do something. I said, we're, we're not a woman, you know, come smack us, do something. Just being stupid and provoking. And uh, I'd already provoked once. And got a really, you know, audible response. And um, I figured, well, I'll just do it again. Maybe something else will happen. And sure enough, they had a only thing that was left in the house was a huge uh, shoe rack that draped over the door. And uh, that shoe rack came off of the door and slammed down like three feet behind me. It was about three or four feet behind me. And I'm going to tell you what, folks, it scared the living shit out of me. I jumped. I'm like, what the hell? I jumped across the room over there where Don was at, and, and I, I'm like, click the flashlight on, and that freaking shoe rack is just swaying back and forth on the door. I'm like, holy shit, dude. That thing was right behind me, and I'm provoking it. You know, I'm provoking this thing, and it slammed that thing down, like to say, hey, cool it out. I can do this, you know, and it slammed that goddamn thing down. It scared the hell out of me. I mean, I jumped. I jumped at least three foot off the ground. I was like, holy shit. My heart was going a thousand miles an hour, uh, beating out of my shirt. And uh, I'm just in this room. Like I looked at him. I'm like, it is definitely in here with us. And we couldn't see a thing. Uh, there was nothing there. We could not see anything. We had our lights on. We had, uh, we had everything on that we could possibly do to see this thing. And we could not see anything. Uh, it was weird. And then we started experiencing this this banging in the attic. It's like this loud banging. And it was responding to what we were asking it to do. We were like, can you bang? Can you give us a bang and let us know you're here? Boom. You hear a bang in the attic. Can you do it again? Boom, boom. Two, ad, two bangs. Can you do it again? Boom, boom, boom. Like I mean, it was it was nuts. Some of the stuff we experienced in there for our first like real legitimate case together was freaking amazing. I mean, I, I've been blessed with some of the stuff that we've had happen over the years. And uh, if Don was on the show this morning with me, uh, he would he would tell you too. I mean, some of the things we have had happen have been phenomenal. Uh, I think we've been really lucky. And uh, like I said, we do most of our investigations are residential. It's not this, you know, go pay to... Uh, investigate a place or something like that which a lot of paranormal groups do they go to all these places that have been on tv and uh they're investigating them and and they are haunted there are these places are haunted there is legitimate paranormal activity there but uh if you're gonna if you think you're gonna go there and see something it's kind of far and in between uh like i said 20 plus years of investigating you know how many things i've caught on video that are actually amazing like Two, <laughs> two folks in the last 20 plus years that goes to show you, you know, you have to be at the right place at the right time. Um, these things don't, don't happen on command when they happen. They just happen. It's, it's sporadic. It, it's unpredictable. And, you know, to see a full bodied apparition or a black mass or a shadow is, um, it's an amazing thing when you see it, but you know, you're not always going to see that, you know, you, I know people 
go online and they see all the paranormal groups and they see them all these locations and these paranormal uh, events and you know things like that but you know for us uh, for me and for my team it's it's investigating residential cases and and i'm we've we're established very very well in it and uh we get a lot of hits on our website people needing help um and we try to help them best they can, best we can um you know we don't say we can get rid of ghosts because we can't get rid of ghosts how can you get rid of something that one you can't see two we don't understand completely we know there's this phenomena but you know to understand it is it's very difficult uh we do know it's there we kind of know you know it they can manipulate electrical things uh electronics and uh, things like that it can throw off static energy it can create cold spots which is pretty amazing in itself how something can create a cold spot because uh anything we do in life and nature uh, just touching something it produces friction which produces heat it doesn't produce cold so how do these things uh drop the temperature and drop in, in the atmosphere is uh is pretty amazing and uh sometimes you encounter foul smells which i've only encountered one time in all my years of investigating just once one time I've experienced foul smell in a house and I've investigated hundreds of homes throughout the years. And I mean, hundreds. Um, so, you know, like I said, some of these, some of these phenomena is this far and in between when you have it happen. I mean, you can sit in a house all night and, and nothing really personal happened to you. But when you go back into your recordings and you start, you know, listening and watching things and, you know, like I said, you don't get a whole lot of things on video, but you do catch a lot of things audibly with these newer recorders. And some of the older technology is awesome as well. Um, like I said, there's there's, there's Panasonic uh, DRR60s or whatever. These things catch an amazing amount of uh, EVPs. They're really shitty recordings. Though. I mean, they're the audio on them is really shitty. Nothing compared to the audio that we have today, but some of the stuff you catch on them is amazing i've been in a room with someone had that same recorder and i had you know a newer version olympus or or a task cam or a zoom and we asked a question and my recorder caught absolutely nothing and their recorder called a name and, you know we asked can you tell us your name we didn't hear anything nothing not a sound I and he played his his Panasonic back and this thing's a Panasonic from the eighties. It's a real piece of shit. Like these things are junk. And uh it captured some amazing voices and it said a name. Uh we were in a room and it, it said Richard Margram and you know my recorder picked up nothing. You could hear nothing. It was just quiet. And I'm like, how in the hell? Did your recorder pick that up and mine didn't? I said, my recorder is way more sensitive. It's something in that older technology that somehow the, this phenomena can use it and, and imprint a, a voice on it. How the hell? And it's got to be something magnetic or something like that because the older tapes are like have magnetic strips in them and magnetic components and... Uh, even the old uh, analog tape decks, you can get some really cool stuff on analog tape decks. The old sliding cassettes and 
try it. I mean, I've tried it and it works. You know, I always thought that this was some, some bull, you know, that it doesn't, maybe it's uh, overlapping recording devices, you know, when you're using, especially when you're using old cassette tapes, uh, you think maybe that you're talking on there is somehow bleeding over into a recording. And, and that's what I thought for a long time until I started using uh, brand new tapes when I first started and I was catching voices on it and they were brand new. I'm like, There's, that's impossible. You know, I would just leave it in the house running and anybody be in the house. There would be no one in the house and I would catch EVPs, these voices on the recordings and there was no one in the house. So there's no way the recording could have bled in, you know, a voice that someone's talking into could have bled into their recording. Um, very, very interesting stuff. And there's been so many different cases that I've been on that are really memorable and stick out that kind of put me on edge. And uh, it was a little frightening, uh, to be honest, because I didn't understand what the hell was going on. You know, I did not understand it. And uh, one case I did was in New Cumberland. This was totally, totally freaky. Uh, I'm once again, and this had a, a kid in it, and uh, me being the amateur that I was, um, and not knowing, I kind of provoked it a little bit, you know, because it was messing with the son. And uh, I said, you know, you you like messing with this little boy? You know, come mess with me. Say something to me. Do something to me. And I'm being really firm and kind of belligerent and you know the next thing i know i hear a voice in the recorder now the people in the room with me didn't hear it out loud they heard it through my headphones what happened was i said you know come on do something make yourself known make your make your presence known. i'm really provoking like a total idiot and um i hear this in the in the recorder itself like this really loud. And I mean, it scared the shit. I, mean, I threw my headphones off, threw them on the ground. And they were like, everybody in the room was like, what the hell was that? And I was like, you heard that? I said, did you hear it out loud? And they said, no, we heard it through your headphones. And I'm like, oh, wow. So they didn't hear it out loud, but they, they heard it out loud, but they heard it through the recording device. They didn't hear it in the room itself. So whatever it was, it focused all its energy into that recorder. And it made that, that noise, that whoosh, it was like someone just yelled into the, the recorder. And I'm telling you, man, it scared the shit. I, mean, I threw the headphones on the ground. I'm like, yeah, turn the lights on. We turned the lights on. And I I sat on the kid's bed for like 10 minutes. Like, what the hell is in this house, man? It was freaky. And uh, it was like one of the first cases where I'd actually seen a light anomaly. And some really strange, strange shit happened in the house. Um me and Don did a preliminary walk through the house and uh, just talking with the client. You know, we're getting, to, you know, getting to know the client, and uh, we come out and do we come out and do a preliminary investigation, talk with the client, get to, get the lay of the house, uh, talk about their experiences in the home, and we document all this stuff. And um, as we're talking with her, she's standing where her bedroom is now. They had a door that was just taken off the hinges and it was leaning against the wall. And as I'm talking to her, me and Don are talking to her, we see the door come off the wall. Now the door had a lot of lean on it, but the door comes off the wall 
and just smacks this lady right in the back of the head and pins her to the floor. And we're like, what the hell? She spilled, she had a cup of coffee in her hand. She spilled coffee on me. She spilled coffee on Don. And, uh, and it was hot. <laughs> By the way, it was hot as hell. And uh, so we're trying to get the door off of her. And the door felt like it was like 400 pounds, man. It was so heavy. And we're like, what the? We can't get the goddamn door off of her. You know, we're trying to pick the door up. And finally, the door, it frees up. And we get we get the door off of her, and I'm, I grab the door, and the door is like one of these really cheap cardboard kind of doors, you know, like compressed bullshit. It's not a solid door. I mean, it's, you can lift it with one hand. And I picked it up, and I set it against the wall where it was, and I looked at Don, and I'm like, dude, is it is it me, or did that door feel like it was like 400 pounds? And he's like, it felt like there was somebody on the door, like holding the door on top of her, because she was on the ground. And... Uh, we were both looking at each other in amazement. I'm like, what in the hell? So we got her up off the floor and uh, we sat her down at the dining room table, which was right there. And we started to have these really weird ass paranormal events. Uh, was sound like a, sound like a big ass dog under the table growling like, Roar. I mean, it was freaky. And uh, I looked over at uh, Don and I'm like, you hear a dog or something? And I'm like, you just have a dog? And she's like, no, we don't have a dog. I was like, do you hear that growling noise? And um, it, it was really loud. I like looked under the table because they had a tablecloth. I pulled the tablecloth up and looked under the table. And I'm like, holy shit, there's not a dog under there. What the hell was that? And uh, next thing you know, there's some shaking going on in the corner of the room. Like these boxes started to shake like really violently at first and then just stopped like all of a sudden and we're like looking at each other like what the what the you know is going on man like we're, we're just here to do a preliminary thing and all this activity's happening i'm like this is going to be interesting and uh this is crazy like we're experiencing all this phenomena we don't even have a camera going yet and uh this was a few minutes into the into the just talking with them and um you know, of course, we get the cameras out and nothing happens, of course. And we're like, shit, nothing's going on now. So and we set an investigation date and we came back. And uh, we definitely experienced more phenomena in the home. Uh, light anomalies on two different occasions where I actually captured them on film. Amy caught one on a handheld. We were just sitting there and she seen an arc of light in the kitchen. And she goes, I just seen a light. And uh, it's very cool. She caught it on night vision. And then I had a full spectrum camera um, set up in the sun's room and we see a streak of light just go vertically from the floor to the ceiling. It happens very fast. It emits its own light. It's it's a really cool uh, light anomaly, uh, light phenomena. And uh, it's definitely not dust. Like you'll see a lot of stuff on TV that's dust and, you know, people claim it's ghosts, but it's really just dust bouncing off of the uh the lighting system the ir system and they'll see it go zipping by oh you see that that's a ghost no a real light anomaly will emit its own light it, it transfers light like you can see it in the dark it's like a ping of light almost like a someone took a picture in the dark but these things you'll see them and they'll move they'll illuminate the walls they'll illuminate the floor i mean they're amazing and i've seen them on quite a few cases 
And every time you see him, it's definitely associated with paranormal phenomena, and the house is definitely active with paranormal phenomena. It's pretty amazing. Um, if you see one in the dark, it's it'll amaze you. Um, some of the ones I've seen have they've been amazing. This is amazing and incredible. Uh, I seen one at Landon House the size of a softball in the middle, and I, and I wasn't the only one to seen it. Four other people seen it with me, and they were uh, clients of ours. They wanted to go to see this Landon, the Landon House, and uh, I took them there, and we experienced this life phenomena, this ball of energy that was unfreaking believable. And of course, I don't have a camera. You know, of all places, we were just doing an EVP session, and one of the people, uh, the Cook family, uh, which. Uh, They'll say their name because they've been on my show before, but uh, they're super cool. Uh, their house was haunted, and uh, they came with us. They're super cool family, a uh, very, very nice family. And um, they were there and experienced this life phenomena with us. And uh, actually, I think the son seen it first. He's like, what's that down the end of the hallway? And I'm like, what is he? Is this a ball of light? Like, I don't know, the size of a softball or something. It's right in the middle of the hallway. And I'm like, huh? So I kind of step out into the doorway and I look down and I'm like, got my hands on my knees and I'm bent over looking down. And sure enough, there's a ball of light in the middle of the hallway. And it's about the size of a softball. Biggest light anomaly I've ever seen in my life. And um, it was it was amazing. I'm like watching it and I'm like, what the hell is that? When I said that, that thing got big. It got the size of a basketball. It was huge. And we're all like, oh my God. I mean, this place, this place was so haunted. There was so much phenomena going on in this place. And uh, it got the size of a basketball. And then it just, it just sunk back into itself and just disappeared. We were like, what in the hell was that? And I'm like, why did I, why do I not have a camera for this? That was like, kicking myself in the ass i'm like i do not have a camera on this this was one of the most amazing light anomalies i've ever seen ever and i mean ever in investigating i've seen little pings of light but this was a huge ball of energy um it was amazing i'm i am not kidding you and i ran down the other end of the hallway when it when it disappeared uh, just to see if there was, make sure there was no one there that had snuck in or anything. Went down, checked the doors. All the doors were locked. There was no one else in this place. And uh, I'm telling you, that place was freaking super haunted, man. There was so much activity in that house. There was not one time I ever went into Landon House and not had major, major activity. Uh, it's too bad that it's owned privately owned now. I mean, it was privately owned before, but uh, the owner, I was good friends with the owner, and he would allow me to go into this place, um, this historic mansion. And, um, God, it was so, so haunted. It was so unbelievable. And uh, the book, The the uh, Unholy Structure, is based off of this case as well. Um Beautiful, beautiful mansion. It was so, so gorgeous, but so incredibly haunted. And, uh, oh, my God, I wish I could get I had that place for five years to myself, maybe close to seven years. Um, it was, I had it for a long time to myself, and I did a lot of paranormal investigations there. 
And I'm telling you, the phenomena that I, I had occur in that place was off the charts of any place I've ever investigated. And I've investigated a lot of places, but the phenomena that I experienced there was uh, off the charts. Disembodied voices, whistling, shadow people, uh, footsteps, banging. Uh, it's It had the whole trifecta of paranormal phenomena. <clears throat> I mean, if you wanted to go to a haunted house and experience something Really, really cool. That was the place. Um, it was nothing to hear disembodied voices. You know, you walk in a hallway and something would call your name uh, out loud. And you're just like, whoa, this place is super creepy. But nothing ever bad. There was definitely a lot of spirits in the home. It was a Civil War mansion. So, you know, built in 1754. 1754, man. That place was so freaking old and incredible. It had great vibes in it. It wasn't. It was creepy, but it wasn't to the point where you were scared. I've, I was never scared. And there was a few times uh, when I went in there at night and um, I cut it short because it was kind of like, you get that feeling like, eh, it just doesn't doesn't have that good vibe tonight. You know, there was weird things going on, but it was kind of like they wanted to be left alone. You know, it's like one of those times like, yeah, let's just call it a night and get out of here because just get this weird vibe. And you would leave. But the other nights, you would go there and feel basically fine. Nothing crazy. Nothing, you know, feeling bad. But there was an occasional time where you would feel like they didn't want you in the home. They wanted to be left alone. And and I would give them that space, and I would leave. Um, I would get that feeling. You would get it. You would get this weird feeling, and you would say, yeah, I'm going to get the hell out of here because this doesn't feel right tonight. Like they don't want to be bothered. And... Um, I would leave. I would give them the respect that they wanted, and I would leave. And um, I'm telling you, some of the stuff that's happened is, is incredible. Here's just the ice, the tip of the iceberg of some of the stuff I've experienced in, in these cases. And uh, I'll give you another example. It was uh, the case that I did. These are the cases that really stand out to me. Uh, it was in Ephrata and... Uh, New Cumberland, I've done a couple of New Cumberland, New Bloomfield, um, which I just did a case in uh, the podcast in New Bloomfield. I had the uh, the young son on there talking about his experiences in that home, which I'm going to have, I'm going to do a, a New Bloomfield revisited uh, podcast with uh, some different people on that experienced the phenomena and actually the girl who passed away, I'm going to have try to have the, her sister on and maybe her father talking about uh, this young lady. Um, but I want to get the, the permission to get on and, and talk and talk about their, their sister and the, their, her sister and the, the father's daughter. Um, but, you know, that was one, Blue, 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 New Bloomfield was definitely one of the cases that stand out to me. Uh, Minersville, we're going to be going back to Minersville uh, here in the future, but we're going back to uh, Newcastle. That was a very, very intriguing case that's still going on to this day. Um, but Ephrata was another one. Ephrata, you know, that's an ongoing case for us. You know, we've been there since 2011, 2010, 2011. And, um, man, what a creepy house. And it's not like... It's an old house. It's a new house. So, you know, there are new houses that have phenomena. 
And uh, sometimes it's not the house itself. It's an individual. Like I've always said, it's an individual that's creating the phenomena. And uh, I think in this case, there's something to do with the land and there's something to do with the individuals that live in the home. Uh, some of the phenomena I experienced in there was quite weird and almost biblical at some points. Um, I was in the kitchen at one point and uh, with an investigator and I heard a voice say, uh, I thirst. It was like, I thirst. And I was like, did you say something like you're thirsty or something? And he's like, no. He's like started laughing. He's like, no, why would I say that? I'm like, I don't know. We're in the kitchen. It says, I thirst. Like, And anybody who's read the Bible, you know, Jesus said that on the cross before he died. He said, I thirst. And then he dies. Um, and this is what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like Jesus, but it's, it's kind of mocking uh, this quote from Jesus, which was, it, it's, it was so weird. And uh, that's where we captured the black mass in this location as well on video. But man, the shit that happened in this house was crazy as well. We've seen light anomalies that were different colors, like red and green. Um, really, really weird, weird, weird things. Uh, we've seen them shooting, shooting across the ceiling, zipping up into the ceiling, uh, disembodied voices. Uh, it got touched uh, twice in that house. One time uh, where we captured the uh, black mass, I was uh, sitting in the closet where we captured it, and something pokes me in the back. I jumped up out of the chair. I'm like, what the hell was that? So then that same night, I'm across the room in the corner, and something pulls on my shorts really hard. And I'm like, did you pull on my shorts? And a, and a voice responds, and it says, you would know. Uh, and I didn't hear it out loud, but I called it on a recorder. I'm like, did you pull on my shorts? And uh, you hear a voice say, you like super creepy and I was like you would know I'm like oh wow I was super super creepy and uh, the things that just happened in the home I mean the the family were seeing this tall figure uh, seven foot tall you know in, in the rooms with their kids and it'd be from like floor to ceiling tall black red eyes uh, glowing red eyes and she said it almost looked like like a Bigfoot or something. She said it had like hair on it, like this long black hair. She said, I can describe it. It looked like Bigfoot because she had slept in her, her son was afraid to sleep in his room. So she said, well, I'm going to sleep in here with him to see what's going on. So she's sleeping in her room and she wakes up around three o'clock in the morning. And uh, again, with the three o'clock in the morning stuff, I don't understand why everything happens at three in the morning, but it does. There are weird things that happen at 3, 3.30 in the morning. Um, people, a lot of people say different things. It's the mocking of the Holy Trinity and this, that, or the other. This, that, and the third. I, don't, I really don't know. You know what I mean? What what the significance is of three in paranormal. I know it's a scientific. Three is a big number in science and stuff like that. So I, I really don't know. Um, everybody has a... Uh, an opinion on it, you know, is it fact? Uh, you can't say it's fact because we don't understand this stuff. But people always have an opinion and they think that that's law because three knocks, three scratches, three in the morning, that's all demonic. Says who? I've had all kinds of weird stuff happen at three. Doesn't mean it's a demon. Um, 
you know, you're going to hear some of these paranormal people saying it's demons and everybody wants things to be a demons because it sells, you know, people want to sell some kind of bullshit, you know, that, you know, three is, you know, demons, it's the mocking of the Holy Trinity. And I just don't fall into that crap. I don't believe in it like that. I do believe there are things out here that aren't nice. Um, are they, are they demonic? It's possible. Like I've talked to Bill about it, and Bill's certain that it's their demons. I've never experienced that kind of stuff. I've experienced some negative things, and Bill, like I said, Bill Bean was on a case with me with some negative things. But I, I'm still not calling it a demon because I, you know, he might call it a demon, but for me, I don't know what it is. I know it's not nice, um, but is it demonic? I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that, so. For me to say that something's demonic, I can't do it. You know what I mean? It's just, I can't do it. It's not my nature to do it. Uh, some people might just jump out there, out in the street like that and say it's demonic, but that's one thing I'm not going to do. Now, Bill's experienced demonic things. Uh, that's what he does in his ministries and, and exorcist. And um, I've never experienced it. I, in a way, I want to experience it as a paranormal investigator because that's what we do. We, we're there to experience this phenomena. Uh, but then there's other things that I'm kind of wishing, I'm kind of glad I haven't experienced it because it's quite scary from what I've read and what I've heard from Bill and other people in clergy that this phenomena is quite scary and, and um, kind of glad I haven't experienced it, but I have experienced some really negative things in homes that I can't explain, but I'm like I said, I'm not going to say it's demonic. And in the effort of case is one of them. That case is really weird. It, it's it's touched the family members. It's smacked them. It's pushed them down the stairs. Tells them to get out. Tells them to get out of their own home. I mean, what the hell is this thing? You know what I mean? Is it is it demonic? Is it negative? I I, I definitely think it's not nice. Um, but I, to say it's demonic, I, I really don't know. But some of the things that have happened in there, like biblical wise, like saying I thirst and shadows and you know, these weird things with glowing red eyes. And, you know, they've seen it on more than one occasion. It even cut the uh, the baby monitors. They had baby monitors in the room with the cameras, and they would wake up and the, the wires would be cut. Like, how not? I mean, freshly, like, clean cut, like, with almost a pair of scissors or a knife. Um and I witnessed this, you know, they had, they had one in there and, you know, the camera went out and you, know, you go back there and the wires just sliced off like someone sliced it with a knife. It was, um, it was unbelievable. And, you know, they still live in that house and they're still experiencing phenomena. Uh, she has been pushed down the stairs. She's been shoved. Uh, more than one occasion, she called me as I was working out of town. Um, I work out of town a lot. Uh, well, I did. Um and she called me hysterical that something told her to get out and it pushed her down the, the uh, stairs and she fell down the stairs. Thank God she wasn't injured. She could have been killed. You know, you could break your neck falling down the stairs. It's it's easy to do. And uh, thank God she wasn't hurt, but uh, she was very, very upset. And uh, I was like, I wish I could help you, but I was just so many hours away. I was like, there's no way. By the time I get there, I'm I'm four. I was five hours away at my work, and I'm like, I can't leave my work and then come there. I, that's what sucks about doing this too. Is you know, we have a day job, 
So when people experience some really frightening phenomena, we can't just drop what we're doing because of our job. You know what I mean? Our job is we have to make money for our family, even though we're trying to help families. But And it's so frustrating because you'll get a case where someone's experiencing phenomena, but you're working and you can't drop what you're doing to go and help them. And uh, it sucks. It sucks because I just want to drop what I'm doing and go there immediately. And I can't because I have to make money, you know, so that sucks. And I really like helping people and uh, trying to figure out this phenomena. Uh, just them knowing that there's something there helps them greatly. It really does. And uh, I tell you what, I the more I do this, the more I really love doing it. Um, I Like I said, I did... Uh, Stopped doing it for a couple of years, and um, I talked to uh, a guy I got in touch with, named Robert and uh, Robert Brandt, and just talking to him, I got back into it. And um, I tell you, he got me kind of back into doing it. I wasn't gonna do it at all until I talked to him, and uh, big shout out to him. And um, but yeah, he did get me back into paranormal investigating, and I'm not gonna take that away from anybody. He did get me back into it, and. Um, now I'm back into it stronger than ever. And I'm glad because I had actually, you know, a paranormal event happened to us and I stopped, uh, I stopped doing it. You know, I couldn't deal with what happened. A, a small, a young girl died and uh, I couldn't really deal with what happened. You know, I just didn't want to accept the fact that, uh, you know, this girl died on our watch. And um, maybe it wasn't our, maybe it wasn't, our fault, um, but I just felt like we weren't helping, you know, and that's that's a big thing, you know, if something like that happens, no one ever wants that to happen, and it happened, and I never thought it would happen, but it did, and um, like I said, it, it's been a big part of my life uh, since that happened, and uh, I still talk with that family, and they still have paranormal phenomena, and we will still, we're still investigating their home, they still having phenomena even after their daughter's passing which um it just happened uh this month uh she passed away in this month here in march and uh i don't know it's it'll always i'll always remember this month and the date she passed away and uh the day we got the information that she had passed away um i was uh it's still it's, it's unbelievable and it's just something that never goes away. You're never, you're never gonna forget about it. And and I know the family is they're they're devastated because she was such a lovely young girl, and uh, she was only fourteen, you know. And she'd be an adult right now if um, she was still here. And uh, it's a, it's a sad thing to see a young girl uh, lose her lose her life. And um, it's just a devastating thing. And I, I know uh, as a parent myself, um, I give the, the family a, a lot, a lot of uh, praise because that's a difficult thing to go through. Uh, probably the most difficult thing in your whole life you would ever, you're ever going to experience is losing a child, you know. Uh, I can just can't imagine it. It's still, it still affects me to this day. And... Um, I actually just talked to them this morning. I talked to the, the wife, and uh, we're going to be going back there in April 
because they are experiencing more phenomena and uh, trying to come up with an answer is so difficult and we try the best we can to come up with answers and it always leads back to this road to nowhere. You know what I mean? Like paranormal phenomena is a road to nowhere. It's like, there's no answer to it, you know, and we're trying to get an answer, but the best thing we can do is validate the claims of, of activity. Let them know, yes, you are experiencing a phenomena. Yes, we did record it. And uh, we are going to be here for you no matter what. Um, we're not going to walk away. I mean, we could try do blessings and stuff like that. But, you know, I just don't think they're going to work. I've, they've never worked in any case I've ever done. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It's a difficult thing. You know, it really is. Um, I don't know. You know, it's just, just a difficult thing. I'm at a place in my life now where, you know, I'm just glad I'm here every day. And, you know, it's just a humbling thing, you know, when you're, you're in a case and someone passes away. And it's just it's just a humbling thing. And, and it's a life-changing event, not only for you, but for the client your team. Uh, I know it's changed Carl and, and a lot of weird things have happened to us behind that case. And uh, Carl, Carl could attest to that because he's had a lot of weird things happen in his house since that case. And they hear this thing calling Carl's name a lot in the attic. And that's where the daughter had passed away in the attic. A lot of phenomena happened in the attic and on the second floor. And they hear sounds like something calling Carl's name and Carl has been experiencing weird things in his home since we've done this case and he seems to think that something has been following him since we did that case and uh, I don't doubt it I really don't doubt it I mean there's so many weird things behind this case and uh, it's one of the most interesting cases we've done to date and uh, it's still ongoing, and I think it's always going to be ongoing. I don't think there's going to ever be a true answer to what's going on in this house. And uh, it's it's nuts. It's really nuts. Um, I could keep rambling on for hours and hours but uh, about some of the stuff, and I will talk more about some of the things that I have had happen to me in cases, and I'm going to have more people on, and um, I'm going to have the uh, people from Ghost on up in Canada with Dan, and uh, they're going to come on the podcast and talk about their paranormal experiences up there in Canada, which is cool. You know, I'm definitely reaching out to more people along all over the world, the country, and I'm going to have them on the podcast talking about their own paranormal experiences. So definitely stay tuned with me, folks, and keep downloading the uh, podcast. Like I said, I don't make any money off of this, and I'm not like, these people that are monetizing their podcasts and making money. I'm doing this because I'm trying to help people, trying to educate people. And I like people to hear the experiences that I've experienced, my clients have experienced, and hear their stories too. Like I like to get them on here. A lot of them don't like to come on the podcast, so I tell their story myself. I won't use their name, but I'll tell the story myself. Because they don't want to be on the podcast and talking about their experiences. So I'll get their permission and talk about their case. But I won't use their name. But I think their story needs to be told. It's a story that needs to be told. It's a, There's definitely, you know, all hauntings are kind of similar. But there's a story behind the haunting. 
there is always a story behind the haunting or why it's happening. Maybe it's a particular individual. Maybe it's a home. Sometimes it's a home and, you know, it's old and things have happened and people have died. And, uh, but sometimes it's, it's a person that's creating the phenomena. And maybe there is activity in the home, but when they get into that location, you know, they're kind of like a beacon to paranormal activity and, and things increase and things happen. And uh, it's just, it's unexplainable. It really is. It really is. But uh, I'm going to wrap this up for this morning, folks. Uh, this is morning time where I'm at right now. Um, I'm going to wrap it up and uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day, weekend, night, whatever, wherever it is, wherever you're at. I hope you're enjoying it. Please continue to listen to the uh, Paranormal Journal podcast, download, like, love, share. Tell everybody about the podcast. Keep coming back because I enjoy all of you listening to my content, listening to my experiences, my clients' experiences. And uh, like I said, I'm always going to give it to you truthfully. These things happen. I'm going to give it to you straight all the time. So thanks for tuning in with me today, folks. I'll see you on the flip side. Matter of fact, I'll see you on the other side. Some questions all of my life, but every answer I get, none of them I ever like. No, I know we all living up on borrowed time, but it keep me up late at night and got me wondering why. Oh, I'm just looking for a reason. I don't need something to believe in. I just want life to have meaning, so I ain't wasting all my time. So will I see you on the other side? Hey, where do we go? Uh <laughs>